Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Was that Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid? Yes, it was. Welcome back to Up Next. Again, this is Gabrielle, and I am so stoked for you to be able to join us this week. I want to do something a little different this week. I've been having a couple of conversations with fellow entrepreneurs and and young leaders, and this topic continues to come up over and over again. I've had a couple emails in this last week saying, hey, Gabrielle, can you talk about this particular thing? And before I tell you what it is, I want to give you some perspective Because here on the show, yes, every week we have incredible guests. We have world-class leaders coming in and giving perspective, wisdom, and insight into where they're at in their journey. Some of them are further along. Some of them are still on their way. But each of them shares the same perspective as me when it comes to this incredible topic. I've spent the last five years interviewing millennial entrepreneurs to discover what makes them tick. Part of that has inspired this podcast, but what I've discovered talking to rock star leaders, entrepreneurs, pastors, authors, designers, artists, is that every single one of them had something in common. And that's what I want to talk to you about in this week's podcast. So you're probably wondering, okay, Gabrielle, I get it. What's with the lead up and what's with the Mr. Miyagi cold open? Well, this week, I want to talk to you about mentoring. This idea of finding a mentor is one of frustration for many, but it's one of revelation for so many more. I want to share with you this week the fundamentals of how to find and keep the most amazing mentors. I also want to talk about you and your role mentoring others. It's a myth that you have to be old and with gray hair and kind of that Mr. Miyagi type to look to the next generation and start investing in them. And it's a myth that mentoring is only one way. And we're going to be talking more about that in this week's podcast. I seriously have so much to talk about. I have no idea how we're going to go over everything, but I want to use this as an opportunity to speak into you, just you and me, one-on-one, talking about the power of mentoring. How do you do it? Who do you mentor with? And what impact can you really have? I've long been a fan of mentoring, but I'll be honest with you, finding a mentor has been one of the biggest challenges in starting a company. As a young woman jumping into the world of business with zero business experience, might I add, it has been incredibly intimidating. 
I've gone to chamber of commerce meetings. I've reached out to friends of friends. I've done research and cold calls and cold emails to people to see if they would be interested in building a relationship with me and helping me along the way. I live in an interesting city in Washington, D.C. There's this concept that goes around. It's, you know, sending the elevator back down for someone because we were all there sometime, somewhere. In this city in particular, everyone started out as an intern. And so because of that, I think that there is an air about this city that, you know, you can help others up because we were all there at one point ourselves. But despite this, I've had kind of a checkered past when it came to how do you develop a relationship with someone who will invest in you? See, because I had always thought a mentor was someone you get together with on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. at Starbucks and talk about what's going on in your life. That made sense to me. I thought mentorship was all about accountability and giving advice. But what has been so amazing to me as I've started this journey of discovering who we are as a generation, I've learned that mentoring comes in so many shapes and sizes. There's really no rule book for how you can best mentor someone or how you can best be mentored yourself. But I do want to share with you best strategies and best practices that I've collected from interviewing over a hundred different millennial leaders across the country in hopes that you'll be able to glean some wisdom from them like I have to build quality relationships and to overcome challenges that you don't need to go through. Mentoring is such an important part of building up a community, building up a society, building up a church. If we don't mentor the next generation then we are so in danger of losing everything that we have today. I think a lot of people think, you know, mentoring is great for everybody over there. It's interesting to know only one out of three adult Americans is involved in a one-on-one mentoring relationship. When I found that out, you know, honestly, it shocked me because Mentoring seems like such an obvious solution to so many of the challenges that we're facing, from inner city crime to generational poverty, even to the challenges that we have right now with our student loan burden of our generation. How are we going to repay it? Having financial advisors that aren't just the kind of advisors that you pay, but the kind of advisors that are invested in you and your future is going to be so pivotal to determine how equipped we are to take over leadership in the future. Now, I've had some incredible people in my life who've poured into me, and I've had others that called themselves a mentor, but were really something other than. I had an incredible pastor when I was in college. I was in the middle of starting a nonprofit. And this guy wasn't even my pastor. And yet he saw something in me. Let's be honest. He probably saw that I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. I was like 19 years old, completely lost, very doe-eyed, excited to change the world and had zero idea how I was going to do it. And out of this pity and 
and pastor's heart, he took me in and said, hey, I see what you're looking to do here and I want to partner with you. He gave me an office at his church. He gave me some staff to work with. He gave me wisdom. But more than anything else, he gave me confidence. I remember one time he sat down with me and his wife and they, they both looked at me and they said, we know you're going to fail. We know you're going to fail, but when you do, I just want you to know we will be here to pick you up, put you back on your feet, and let you keep running. As a 19-year-old in college, having someone love me so unconditionally that I barely knew was incredible and it was touching. But more than the personal side of things, it showed an investment in me that I hadn't really quite experienced before outside of my family. There were two people here who barely knew me, but who had who could see the potential in me, saying, we're willing to take a chance. We want to help you get to the next place. Adversely, I've had people who have been very clear about personally mentoring me. Like, I'm going to be your mentor, which as someone who is constantly looking to learn from others is a godsend. But unfortunately, some of those individuals have come out and said, you know, I'd love to mentor you. And and down the road, it actually becomes pretty apparent that they wanted me to take over their company or their organization or just do what they've been doing. There's an important clarification here. Mentoring is not cloning. Some in leadership, I think, need to hear this, that when you're mentoring someone, you're not just making a mini-me. Mentoring is seeing the desire and the design in someone else and partnering with them to make sure that it comes to fruition. That's all. You have no vested interest in who they are and where they become other than the fact that you're paying it forward. You're sending down that elevator and you're helping the next generation fulfill what they're called to do. Mentoring is both intentional and accidental. Again, in my younger years, I thought you needed structure. You needed to have a program approved by someone. You should probably be getting credit for it too if you're going to get a mentor, right? But then you get into the real world and you realize that mentoring is happening all around you. There are really a number of different mentors that you can have. Yes, you can have the mentor who sits down with you once a week or once a month and has those check-in moments. You know, maybe you have conversations that you are discussing accountability or goal setting or where you want to be. But there are also mentors that come in and out of your life. One reason I think many young people get frustrated with finding a mentor is that we don't recognize that we already have mentors in our lives. Because they aren't those structured mentors, they, you know, we meet them at a meeting or at a networking event or at a family dinner, that they're not mentors. But mentoring can happen in a moment. It really depends on how closely you're listening to what's going on around you. As the person who is being mentored, the onus and responsibility is really on you to collect the information. It's not on them. It's not your mentor's fault if you don't succeed. It's yours. 
And so there's a sense of personal responsibility that comes with someone who says, I want to find a mentor. And the question I have for you, if you're, if you're saying this yourself, you're asking this question, what will you do with a mentor when you get them? Because that's the pivot point. You can have a slew of the most successful CEOs and heads of state from around the world, but if you're not going to be responsible and responding to their wisdom, then you don't deserve the time that they're giving to you. The respecting of time is one of the biggest challenges I hear from those who are mentoring. I work with a number of different universities on their mentoring program, and it's amazing coaching those who mentor because they consistently will tell me, Gabrielle, it seems it just seems like such a waste. You know, I go in and I'm trying to help these kids and they don't respect my time. They don't realize how much time I'm spending, you know, and I'm not really motivated to continue helping them. Don't let that be the instance that you are walking into. Don't let it be that the person that you're taking out to lunch feels like you're taking them for granted. That means even just acknowledging like, wow, I recognize you are so busy. You're so busy. And yet you took time to go out to lunch with me. I really, really appreciate it. I do want to say that there's three things that you should keep in mind when looking for a mentor. And these are three things that I have practiced in my life and three things that I've collected from hours of conversation of young people who have done the same thing. Because you have to bring about intentionality with everything. No good thing happens on accident. And if you're out there and you're saying, I wish I had someone who would just give me a little direction, right? I wish I had someone who I could just ask these questions to. Am I on the right track? Am I crazy? Is this a good idea? Should I keep doing it or should I quit my job and try something else? These are big life questions that can be so easily answered by someone with wisdom, with perspective, and with a vested interest in your own success. So I would say as you go into this this mode of looking for a mentor, the first thing that you have to do is write down expectations for what a mentor will do. Just going in and saying, I want a mentor. Okay, now what? Right? You have to have an idea of what that person is going to do for you. Would you like a spiritual mentor? Would you like a professional mentor to give you advice and direction on choosing a career? Would you like a relational mentor? My husband and I have a board of advisors for our marriage because we realize relational mentoring is important. So what kind of mentor do you want to have? Write out three expectations that you have that you will receive. Then write out three expectations of what you will give. A huge challenge for young people today. I see it all the time when we're applying for jobs, looking for mentors, even looking for relationships. We make it all about us without ever thinking about what can I bring to the table? So write out three things that you can provide the other person. I want to stop here and talk a little bit about reverse mentoring. Reverse mentoring is 
this incredible movement. I'm starting to see it quite a bit in corporate America where those that are youngest with the least amount of experience can come in and provide feedback and insight to those that are their superiors. And it's incredible. The opportunity for you to be taken seriously, to give advice, to share your opinion, even though you haven't been there for 30 years, is so powerful. It's it's powerful because you allow someone who's young to provide something that they care about, to be able to say, hey, this is how I see the world. This is my perspective. This is my worldview. And asking for someone, asking someone what they think about something is one of the quickest ways to get buy-in. So consider as you're looking for a mentor, think about how you can reverse mentor. I have a number of reverse mentees, I guess you could call them, in my life. My mother is one of them. But I have a number of people in my life who they'll call me, they'll ask me for advice or perspective on things. And I will do the same for them. There's a mutual respect that goes back and forth. But it's not just them calling me and saying, hey, Gabrielle, my router went out. Which, if that was the case, I'm not the person that they would most likely be calling. I know zero things about that. But I think a lot of times older generations look at millennials to help them with technology. And reverse mentoring is so much more than whether or not I can set up your Facebook page for you. Reverse mentoring is, hey, this is the way that I see it. I'm much more collaborative. Yes, I love technology, but I see the world differently and I'm very global-minded and justice-oriented as a generation. And sharing that perspective is so important. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to write out the characteristics of a mentor that you want. I've done this before. I've even written out my dream mentors, right? So it could be people who are top CEOs or top political leaders or top thought leaders and scientists and economists and determine what about those people that you most respect. Sure, you could write out Steve Jobs, but what, do you do, what would you want to learn from Steve Jobs? Which, by the way, men, mentors don't need to all be alive. I have so many dead mentors that I hang out with all the time. Because we have technology of videos, podcasts, books, if you want to go old school, you can, you can read so much about the lives of these individuals and learn the things that they've learned. The third thing that I would then say is to make a list of people in your life who match those descriptions. From that second point that I told you to make a list of the qualities that you like, then make a list of everybody in your life who matches those qualities. They could be your parents. They could be former bosses. They could be people that you met recently at a networking event who have the character qualities of being relationship-oriented, if that's important to you, or experienced in business and investing it could be really anything, but make that list. Then also to notice where am I missing things? If I have a list of five character qualities that I want to have in a mentor and I don't have someone who matches that currently, now I know that's where I should spend my time focusing. Because rather than just looking around and like a kid lost at Walmart, are you my mentor? Are you my mentor? Are you my mentor? You now have 
a clear idea of what kind of person you want to invest in your life. And when you meet that person, you're not going to ask them to be your mentor. You're going to ask them out to lunch and you're going to say, hey, every month I take someone out to lunch who inspires me. Can I take you out to lunch? And then from that meeting, you're going to develop a relationship. You don't need to be so forthright about something. This isn't a first date. But respect their time and show your intention in the questions that you're asking. And I'll tell you, that that practice of taking someone out to lunch every month has been something I've been doing since high school because it's something that I learned at a young age that it will completely change not only how you make decisions in your life, it's going to change the way that you relate to other generations. It's going to build meaningful and thoughtful conversation prototypes that you can then take and say, hey, I know what kind of challenges that your generation or you may be facing. Can I help provide some perspective in that? And those relationships that you're going to start forming are then going to start opening doors in so many directions, you won't be able to keep up. So it's really important for you as you're in this season, because I recognize that you are in a time of transition, that you are looking for something new, a new challenge. You don't want to be stagnant. You're ready to change something about yourself and you feel like you need more information before you make that jump. You don't need more information. You need translation and application. So take some time to do those three things that I mentioned to be able to start applying real-world mentoring principles and strategies to be able to take that great calling, that amazing idea, that incredible company that's inside of you and turn it into reality. Thanks for spending this week with me. I know it was a little unusual, but I really felt like you needed to hear this message of how to find a mentor. Stay tuned to next week. And I'm really excited to share the incredible guests that I have with you. You're going to freak out. But until then, I hope you have a great week.